Health is everything. Health is everything. La salud lo es todo. La santé est tout. Health is everything. Health is everything. Hi, I'm Eleanor Barrett, age 11. You're listening to Health is Everything, No Kidding, a podcast from Emory University, Center for the Study of Human Health. I started this podcast when I was eight, which is the same age that my mom started her radio show called No Kidding. Way back then, my mom hosted a talk show where she interviewed doctors about health issues that mattered to kids. So now it's my turn, and there's a lot to talk about. Health is everything. It's back to school time, and back to school means back to responsibilities, routine, and for some of us, more anxiety along the way too. In this episode of No Kidding, Health is Everything, we're going to do some real talk about mental health. Some of my friends have trouble sleeping. Others are on medicines for anxiety or ADHD. A few of us talk to a therapist or a psychiatrist about our feelings and learn new tools and skills to help improve our mental health. We're not alone. According to some statistics, about one in five kids have seen a therapist or received treatment for some mental issue. According to the Centers for Disease Control, ADHD, Attention Deficit Hyperactivity Disorder, is the most common issue that kids face. Another big one includes anxiety problems, behavior problems, and depression. Some of these conditions go together, meaning if you have one, you might also have more than one. And the bad news is that depression and anxiety have increased in kids over time. Dr. Charles Raison is a psychiatrist who studies novel treatments for depression. He's a professor and a researcher at the University of Wisconsin and Emory University. In addition to writing, speaking, and doing cutting-edge research, he teaches college students at both universities about the evolutionary causes of depression and what can we can do in our modern lives today. Thank you for joining me, Dr. Azan. Glad to be here. When I think of evolution, I think of how apes evolved into humans and why the dinosaurs went extinct. I do not think about depression. How do these two ideas go together? Well, you know, Eleanor, it's interesting. A lot of people don't think about evolution and depression in the same uh, same context. But, you know, depression is so common and it happens all over the world. And some studies suggest that almost half of all the people in the world will have a depression at some time in their lives, that it really is hard to think about it as an illness. Anything like that that is so common in humans usually is something that evolved to have some good purpose, something that was adaptive. So there's a lot of things, for instance, like, you know, if you take a hammer and slam it on your finger, it hurts a whole lot. We think of pain as a problem, but, you know, that pain is telling you, hey, you've done something wrong. You need, you've got a problem. And in fact, people that lose the sense of pain will sometimes die because they can't protect themselves. So many of us increasingly think that although depression often needs to be treated and it's a terrible thing, that from an evolutionary standpoint, it may have evolved in humans as a warning system that something is wrong in our lives that we need to examine or change. So wait, it's normal for people to be depressed and it's not always a bad thing? Well, it depends. It depends on the person. It depends on the depression. But yes, depression is very, very common, especially in women. Um, and all around the world, it usually happens when people are having something bad happen to them. So yes, in that sense, depression is pretty normal. But depression can get very severe, and when it gets very severe, it can impact people's lives so badly that they really need to take it seriously and get one type of treatment or another. And of course, when it gets really bad, then sometimes people think about killing themselves, or they do kill themselves. And suicide is one of the leading causes of death in young people. 
And so that is a really, really urgent problem. So I'm not saying that depression is good, and I'm not saying that um, it shouldn't be treated. But I am saying that sometimes depression, if we look at what is causing us to be depressed, can be an ally in helping us understand what we need to do differently in our lives. What would an example of severe depression be? Like, what would the cause of it be? Well, it depends. So some people are just very prone to depression because it runs in their families or because of their genetic makeup. And sometimes they'll get depressed from very um, sort of small reasons or sometimes no reason. And depression can be so severe that people lose the ability to eat or to sleep or to talk. So it can be a very, very serious disorder when it's bad. But often depression is caused by bad things that happen in our lives. So if we lose somebody we love, if we have something happen to us that makes us feel ashamed or guilty, um, if we lose status in other people's eyes, um, these are all things that are really depressogenic. So uh, if a parent loses a child, that is one of the most strongest causes of depression. So generally depression happens when something bad happens in people's lives. And then sometimes it happens when people are doing things that keep causing them problems and the problems then make them depressed. If a kid is depressed, what are those feelings telling us? What should we do? Well, again, it always depends on the person. And sometimes the feelings are just telling us that we need to get treatment for our depression. Um, but sometimes uh, the depressed feelings can be telling us, hey, we need to think about what's going on in our lives and try to identify why am I feeling so sad? What am I so bothered by? So I think that is uh, anytime we begin to feel depressed, I think one of the first questions we should ask ourselves is, can I identify a reason for why I feel bad? You know, this depression is so often telling me, hmm, there's something in my life that is upsetting me. And identifying that can be the first step towards dealing with it. I know that people take medicine for depression and anxiety, but is there anything else we can do as kids? Oh, there's a lot of stuff you can do. And in fact, studies in kids uh, suggest that medicine may not be as helpful as it is in adults. And in fact, kids do much better with other interventions. So for instance, a really powerful intervention in children is for the parents to get help, mental health help, if they're having problems. So a lot of times children become depressed because there are things going on in their family that are depressing, frightening, sad. And dealing with those things and helping the parents cope with things has been shown in studies to be a really powerful antidepressant for the kids. There's a famous study where depressed mothers, they took an antidepressant pill. And if it made the mothers undepressed, the kids got undepressed. So the first thing is things like family therapy can be really, really helpful um, in, in kids who are struggling with family problems. Therapy in general is really effective for kids. So finding a good therapist and having somebody to talk to. Um, and then there's a bunch of other stuff we could talk about if you've got questions about things like exercise and being outside. But there's a lot of healthy lifestyle things that children can do that also can really help them either prevent depression or feel less depressed if they start getting depressed. I don't actually have any questions about exercise, but like what, what would you tell us about? Well, exercise is a, is a pretty powerful antidepressant. So um, getting physical activity, um, it, it, A, it makes people feel a lot less unhappy immediately. And B, if you do it regularly, it's as good as uh, pills for helping people deal with depression. My mom uh, is always telling me to go uh, to get off screens and go outside. Mm -hmm. She says when me and my siblings go outside, we fight less than we do in the house. Is that just us? 
No, that's not just you. I mean, a lot of parents have seen it anecdotally, but there are data showing that getting out outside, out into nature, has an antidepressant effect in kids and adults. In fact, there's a there's a practice called forest bathing that was invented in Japan, where they take people that are depressed uh, out into the forest, and it tends to it turns out to have a really good antidepressant effect. So, kids getting outside it helps with attention, it helps with concentration. It elevates your mood. It's super helpful. So to get outside, to get physically active. The data on, on screens and depression is a little bit complex, but the bottom line is that when you spend too much time on your phone or playing video games or just being on a screen, it tends to make people unhappy, and it can increase your risk of getting depressed. That's actually really interesting. Anxiety and depression in kids is often caused by adverse childhood events, bad things that happen to us as kids. Of course, we can't control that. If something bad happens to us as kids, like our parents getting a divorce or someone close to us dying. Well, that's a great question, and the answer is both. Uh, That's often the way with the way the brain works, because the brain is very complicated. So we know from very many studies that when adverse events happen in childhood, the loss of a parent, parents getting a divorce, uh, family troubles, uh, that definitely increases kids' chances of getting depressed and being anxious and, and really needing help. But there are also studies showing that many people um, actually um, manage to sort of grow psychologically in the face of hardship. So it's a mixed bag. Uh, in general, we do not want children to have um, bad things happen to them. In general, bad things happening to kids uh, really increases their risk of having to struggle with depression and anxiety. But on the other hand, um, you know, life is always difficult and you can't protect people from hardship always. So what we really want to do is help kids take the difficult things that happen. And instead of it letting them get depressed and anxious and going down that bad path, how can we help them get what's called resilience so that they feel psychologically stronger and they're able to accept the bad things that have happened to them, move on and, and make their lives better? And that does happen often enough. It's called post-traumatic growth, that it really is something that we should be striving for with kids. A, help them not have bad things happen, and B, work with them so that when bad things do happen, they can make the best out of it and actually grow psychologically. What can we do as kids um, each day to try to boost our mental health? Oh, that's pretty easy. So you get good sleep, eat healthy food, get outside, get a lot of exercise, don't uh, spend your life, uh, you know, on screens, don't hang around with bad people, find good friends, nothing like having, you know, bullies and mean people in your social world. I bet you know that, right? To make you really depressed and anxious. Mm -hmm. So try to associate with good people that care about you. If you start feeling anxious and depressed, it's really important to talk to somebody. If you can talk to your parents, that's a good place to start. But when kids really develop depression and anxiety and they need help, um, finding a good therapist is probably the first best thing to do. And then sometimes, although the medicines are not as effective as in kids overall as they are in parents, sometimes kids need medications and, and benefit from taking medications. And if someone out there is listening and is saying, wow, his research is cool, I'd like to be like Dr. Azam one day, what should they study in school and what kinds of books should they read to get them started? Well, so I'm a psychiatrist, and psychiatrists are medical doctors. So in school, sooner or later, if you want to be a psychiatrist like me, you have to do pre-medical classes, what they call pre-med, and then you have to get into medical school, and you have to go to medical school, 
And then when you're done with medical school, you have to do a special training. It's called an internship and a residency. And you have to do that in psychiatry. So there are, there are a lot of things you have to do if you want to end up being a psychiatrist like me. But as an undergraduate, you can do pre-med and have any, any, the whole variety of degrees. You can study English. You can study business. Um, I studied anthropology, which was a good one because that's the study of different cultures. So it gave me a chance to learn a lot about the different cultures of the world, how people live. So I think that um, in college, you can, you can sort of take any course of study that really interests you that has to do especially with human beings, right? And then many courses of study do that. You can do history. Then you have to do your pre-med requirements, as I said. So, And then in terms of books to read, um, I think books that talk about the human experience are really, really helpful if you're interested in psychiatry. So reading good novels, reading great literature, reading poetry, these can all be things that give you real insight into how people think and feel and live. And that's really, really important for uh, if you want to be a psychiatrist. It's really important to understand religion, whether you're religious or not, because very often people that are struggling with mental health issues are also struggling with religious issues in one way or other. So the fun thing about being a psychiatrist is that, that almost everything is important to know. So it gives you a chance to try to learn as much as you can, because sooner or later, the more you know, the more you'll be able to help people and understand people. Thanks for talking to me today, Dr. Aizan. Oh, my pleasure, Eleanor. Health is everything. Thank you for listening to Health is Everything. No kidding. If you've enjoyed today's episode, please be sure to subscribe, share it with a friend, or rate it on Apple Podcasts. You can follow the Emory University Center for the Study of Human Health at Emory CSHH on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Until next time. Health is everything. Health is everything. La salud lo es todo. La santé est tout. Health is everything. Health is everything.